just ate a whole dick. I'm too heavy. Can't wander. That seems like exactly how that works. <laughs> I got a dick hangover. I gotta just lay in bed today. Yeah, that's... Can't go... Can't go exploring. That seems... Oh my god. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is facts, people! <laughs> I'm Sophia. I'm Melina. And we're here with some more excellent quality content for you. And I have a special present. I am about to take this podcast to a new level. Are you ready? Is everybody is everybody ready? Maybe we'll we'll build some tension. See, this is actually anticlimactic because that's it. Yeah. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be adding in sound effects now because I was like trying to think. I was like, what, what could I do to be more obnoxious? You know, like what could I, what, how can I up the ante? It's, it's been what eight, nine episodes. I can't count. Who needs eight, to count? Yeah. And I just feel like my regular level of obnoxious. People have gotten used to it. Like I really need to raise the bar. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we really need is our own laugh track. I like this laugh track because it's so like it's like nervous. lukewarm. Yeah, like it's it, like a lukewarm they're laugh. They're like, oh, I'm uncomfortable. I'm yeah. socially obligated to. Just laugh I think right how now. we probably make people feel. Oh, so. like a hundred percent. Oh Love my god, this one. is gonna be so I good. Know. This is gonna be so good. We've just upped our game by a hundred thousand. Oh yeah, we're, you know, I don't want to brag, but we might be the best thing on the internet. Yeah, obviously. Pretty sure nothing tops this quality of production. That all 15 of you listen to. It's, you know what? <laughs> that's, that's like a small class. It's, it's, it's a like small a small class. class of people. That's true. Um, I, we have some housekeeping before we start ranting. Um, you'll have noticed that we didn't, uh, put up an episode last week. That's because we're moving to, uh, posting every other week. We're starting some, like, meteor episodes. Um, <laughs> so we want to, uh, we also have day jobs, you know, so we want to make sure we have time. What? What? So, some of us, Sophia has two day jobs. And we're not just making money <laughs> off of our amazing internet presence? Yeah, truly. One day, one day. Shocked. One day we'll be podcast moguls, but right now. Um, so, you know, you'll, we, we'll be coming at you every other week. We're going to do some, we're going to keep doing Sex Toy Sundays uh, periodically. Yes, and bitch. we're going to do uh, Wasted Wednesdays. We're going to be putting up some more into Instagram comment is what I'm saying. So if you're not following us on Instagram, you should follow us on Instagram. You should. At? At uh, Awkward Erotica. I think it's just Awkward, awkward Erotica. I, I, think so I should too. know that, I'm pretty but sure. I'm pretty sure. It's fine. It, it, there's only, so, if you get... Un- subscribe to a porn uh, site. It's instead. not our fault. It's Don't blame us. Don't sue us. Maybe that'll be a fun surprise. No, it, it, it's just awkward erotica. So. Sick. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. See, I told you. Professionalism. Yeah, we have some fun stuff up there. We post some of our own poetry. We post quotes from the uh, site, links to our website. Uh, sometimes we post fun stuff like um, we made a um, masturbation playlist that we posted that was pretty fun. So check us out. All right. I don't know about you, but. I I got a rage. Yeah, I'm pretty much always ready to rage. And this rage is, uh, it's targeted at some small things. <laughs> um, some call them half-humans. <laughs> um, I call them tiny humans. Some call them babies. Yeah, that's, I think, what most people call them. <laughs> to each their own, yeah. you know? Uh, this is mostly just a rage about babies in public. Yeah. Um, I did not choose to procreate, and I do not want to have to deal with the, the consequences. Yes. And, again, as with all rages, do not read too much into this. We respect, especially, like, we're not shaming moms. Probably difficult to be a mom in public. I get it. Yeah. I just yeah, don't yeah, like yeah, children. Yeah, That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, it's difficult to be a mom in public, but also, like, why are you bringing your six-month-old baby 
to like an opera concert or like or... the fireworks is always my thing i'm like no child even a theme park like a baby yeah, a cannot baby. go on a roller coaster no. like why is it there now it's just sitting out in the sun all day like no wonder it's crying yeah i mean i'm in a full adult and i get upset at theme parks exactly like so just get a sitter like why are you bringing your baby to these inappropriate places like you're just trying to make everyone else miserable like you are uh, you had to have a fucking mini version of you and now you're realizing that that's a little bit terrible because you can't sleep and everything's covered in jam and vomit and poo and you're like you know what i shouldn't be the only one who has to deal with this you just like throw it out into the world and you're like see world see how terrible this tiny human is and i'm like i know that's why i don't have one (laughs) god Agreed. <laughs> we hope you can hear that. I hope that she's barking at us. <laughs> she is barking in in solidarity. In solidarity, she's like, I don't want these. I don't want Dingo these got my either. baby. Such a wa- old reference. Is it? Not really. Not if you're in Australia and there's dingoes it's taking everywhere. your baby. I guess not. I guess. I guess I, not. I think. I mean, I don't think that really happens, but maybe it does. <laughs> it's hard to tell with the Australians. <laughs> Hey, studio audience. Oh. Studio audience loves it. So fun. So fun. Yeah. Yeah, I just, like, my thing is, is, like, um, babies on streetcars. And, like, I understand that, like, moms have to get their kids places. That's fine, especially if you don't have a car, because I bitch about cars, too. So, like, I get oh, it. true. But this is truly just on, like, a personal inside my head level where I'm just like, oh, my God, this kid is just screaming, and I'm just on the streetcar, and I just can't. And I would never ask mom to leave. I leave. I leave the streetcar. I get off. I'm like, no, no, no. I cannot. I will get on a different one or I will walk. It just, I, there's something about the sound of kids screaming yeah, that just terrible. like stresses me the it's heck truly, right out. truly, truly terrible. Yeah, I don't like it. Or alternatively, like parents who, so like I've worked various retail jobs um, and I don't know what the legality of stuff is, so I will not name them. But one of them has a kids section. Yeah. And I've literally had parents come in to, like, me or coworkers, and they're like, hey, can you just, like, watch my kid for a second? And you're like, no. Yeah. I am not... No. Well, I'm not being paid to watch a kid. I'm also not... Like, uh, me specifically, I'm not qualified to watch. I don't want to watch. I'm, I don't, not, I'm not good with kids. Like, kids also, don't like, like me. Also, like, legally, no. Like, no. I cannot... I can't I even be responsible for your fucking backpack. And, and also, know. like, what? You're just gonna leave your kid here with me? You don't even know me. <laughs> like, you're just gonna walk away? And, like, one of the places I work is in a building with a movie theater, and I kid you not, yeah. one of my colleagues, someone came in, and their parents tried to leave the kid in the children's section while they went and watched a fucking movie. Yeah. What the heck is that? No, that's no good. Like, this is a store. It's yeah. not, like, a community center. Even then, you can't just, like, throw your kid in the door. Like, you have to sign them up for something. Yeah. Like, you can't just be like, hey, uh, take care of my kid for a second. I don't want to. Yeah. Like, uh, n- no. <laughs> you have to watch your child. Yeah. No, I get that. My other thing is, like, I don't like it when, like, you as a parent expect me to parent your child. Like, I used to work, I, I mean, I don't I worked there so long ago, and they're barely a company anymore. I used to work at Yogurties, which, if you're not in Canada, is a frozen yogurt. It's like a self-serve frozen yogurt place, which already you can imagine how fun that job is. Did you um, get locked in a freezer one time? I did, yeah. It was real fun. I ate a lot of caramel turtles. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what else are you going to do locked in a freezer? It was no good. Um, but I had this parent, like, I had multiple parents, but this is just one example. I just, it sticks in my head. And, like, it's in sort of, like, a fairly, like, wealthy neighborhood as well. But she was like, um, I don't like these portion sizes. And I was like, it's self serve. <laughs> you decide the portion. And she was like, well, these cups are so big. They encourage, like, large portions. And I was like, I, I can give you the number of management. Yeah. I don't make the cup sizes also maybe don't take your kids to self-serve frozen yogurt if they like i what do you what is it that you want from me in this situation but essentially like the bottom line and this conversation went on for many more minutes than anybody in that situation wanted but the bottom line is she was like you know why isn't yogurties parenting my children and i was like yogurties wants to make your money so that's why they make 
or they want to make your money. They want to take your money. That's why the cup sizes are so large. If you don't know that, I can't help you. Also, teach your kids. But I don't know. What do you want? Also, it's frozen yogurt. Like, what? Like, Calm down, Janet. Yeah. I'm just like, like get it together. I can't. Like, I like it's not. I don't want to do this. That's the thing. It's like, listen, you decided to take on this responsibility. It is not the responsibility of literally anybody else to parent your kid. No. You have to parent your kid. Or don't have a kid. Yeah. Which isn't to say you can't ask your sister or your brother sure. or whoever for help, sure. but don't go out into these streets. People who are, like, being paid to work. Minimum wage. Minimum wage. We're already not getting paid enough. We're also, you know, barely trained for the jobs that we have. Yeah. Because they can't afford, like, good training or whatever. Like, I'm not going to watch your kid. Also, you don't want me watching your kid. Like, that's the biggest thing. I'm like, I'm not good with children. Not everybody. It actually makes me angry on, like, a different level. Yeah, yeah. It's just this assumption that everybody is has to be good with kids or like well, kids. Well, women. women. Women specifically. I know. That's true. And women are maternal and they just want to hang out with your baby even my freaking cousins <laughs> who like walk in with their seven billion kids and they're like here's an Sophia. exact number by the way yes an exact <laughs> number and they're like here hold my baby and i'm like i don't want to hold your baby yeah. i didn't ask to hold your baby no. like sure if they're in like a crisis situation and they need someone to take their kid or like something's going on obviously i will take the kid but it's like it's this like gift yeah they're like here you get to hold it i don't want it i yeah. don't want your kid you no. keep your kid well and it's this idea that like if you don't like children or you're not good with children or like whatever it is that like you're a bad person yeah. I, like i've gotten that a couple yeah, times yeah, or yeah, it was yeah. like so when i was first uh diagnosed with uh endometriosis and like i have other reproductive issues as well like i had the doctor be like do we need we'll i'll schedule an appointment with a therapist for you and i was like what and she was like because you won't be able to have kids and I was like mm-hmm. I don't and I, I understand that for some people that would be very very, very, very devastating good. but I've never wanted children or if I do like I had always in my head I was like I'll adopt yeah, like yeah. I never wanted to birth a child but it was like this immediate assumption that like it was some kind of like devastation yeah. and then when I was like no she kind of treated me like I was, like, callous or cold in some way. And I was like, I'm not. I just, this is, like, it's not, not what, what I, I want. And that's not to say if, like, someone was in an emergency and was like, hey, like you said, can you help me out? I'd be like, yeah, okay. But it's just not my first yeah. instinct or yeah. choice. And now that we're getting, like, a little more genuine, like, what you said at the top, like, what is true? Obviously, if you want to have kids, you have kids. That's great. Kids on their own, babies on their own are totally harmless fine i'm 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 more than happy that they exist yeah yeah human beings but also i don't want anything to do with them and i also think that if you decided to have a kid you should be taking care of that kid yeah which isn't to say we don't support like healthcare or childcare programs and like daycare and stuff like all that shit is important like you know like i I get that but just on a very like one-to-one level like don't expect me to to take care of your kid and don't make me out to be some grand evil just because i don't like have the same feelings that you do about children like and there's also just some form of like entitlement like there's a difference between The apathy of, oh, because it's a child, everyone around me is just going to go out of their way to take care of it. And someone who's genuinely, like, in over their head and needs help. Yeah, for sure. Like, these parents that come into this store and just sit on their fucking phone while this kid runs amok in the store knocking things over and, like, making everybody in the store miserable. And, like, we have to take care of your child while you sit and do nothing. Yeah. That's not someone who's, like... Like, that's just you taking advantage. It's you taking advantage. And, like, no. Yeah. No. (laughs) It's not my job. But, yeah, with the whole not wanting to have kids thing, like, I always get, well, don't you think that's selfish? Yeah, I get that, too. Which I think is so funny. Because, like, um, I am selfish. But I don't know why you associate having children with not being selfish. Yeah. Uh, as we were just discussing, there's lots of moments in which parents are particularly selfish because they think that the world should revolve around them and their children and you should bend over backwards to create new cups 
so that their child can have the perfect portion that you have deemed of frozen yogurt. I can't even believe. Like, you know? Or that I should stop in the middle of my day and watch their child while they go and watch their movie like or that having a kid just for the sake of having a kid or because you think you you're supposed to but you don't actually want one isn't selfish you know what i mean like i yeah like, like you know i think like for me not having a child is the least selfish thing i could do because i know yeah. having a child i i would not want it and yeah, then that yeah. would be horrible yeah, for, for sure. that kid yeah. like also self like I, there it's such a weird, I, I think you're right, it's such a weird way to position that specific thing. It's well, like, it's like one of those things about, not all parents, but like some parents that I just hate. It's like this self-righteous, like, look, I created life. And I'm yeah. like, I mean, I get that on a level, but on another level, there's a bit of me that's like, yeah, well, everything on this planet can create life. <laughs> so you're not that special, Janet. <laughs> Like, you know, like, okay, that's fine. You sat down and you were like, I'm so great yeah. that I think that my genetics should be passed on. And I also think that I understand life well enough that I could raise a human being. And I also think that I could raise them so well and that I am so good that this thing deserves space and to take up resources on this planet yeah and i'm like you know what i don't really feel that confident about myself that i no, think I that i should either. have progeny <laughs> <laughs> no i don't think that either and like i you know it's hard because like i know some parents who are great and who like care a great deal and do a good job but i know some parents who are also just so patronizing towards people who don't want to have kids or people who yeah. or they treat like you know, there's, like, a family friend and, like, they treat um, other women in their family who don't have kids as if they're, like, some, some like, spinster or outcast. Yeah. And, like, it, it, or they're patronizing to her. Or yeah. They talk down to her. And, like... You're lesser. It's, like, it's just, like, the, that's not it. Like, it's, like, no, that's, like, that's not the sitch. Like, everyone <laughs> is valid. It's, like, that's just, that's not the situation. Like, you want to have a kid have a kid, love that kid, yeah. that's great, that's yeah. admirable, I'm yeah. into that. And you deserve access to daycare, oh, and yeah. you deserve, oh, like, yeah. governmental help, I, I get that. Support. But at the same time, like, don't, we don't, people who don't have kids don't deserve less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, everyone just do what you want, um, but if you're gonna have a kid, I'm not gonna hold it. <laughs> Bottom line. Bottom line. Bottom line. But now if you have a puppy, I want pictures and a visit. Sure. Yes. Thank you. Now, babies real freak me out. Yeah, babies real freak I do not <laughs> want- I just hate when they just hand me their babies. I know. Like, I did not consent to this. No, I know. I don't want your fucking baby. I know. There is something, like, that feels, like, very, um, violating's not the right word, but that- it just feels like a lot. I'm just- like, It's just- presumptuous it is that's the right word that's exactly the word you didn't ask you were just like here i'm like this is not my responsibility babe yeah you had this thing yeah you get the slobber okay (laughs) you i don't like it i don't want it yeah melina can attest i don't even like sharing drinks she does not it's true let alone some weird half human slobbering on my shoulder gross she doesn't like it when i slobber on her believe it or not (laughs) It's just true. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. Most people don't. I don't know what that's about, but whatever. You just keep trying, though. You just I keep know, going I know. for it's it. It's a big part of my personality. It's <laughs> I'm working on it, yeah. Okay. Great. So, let's get into the topic for today, which is hysterical women. How fitting, because we are sometimes maybe hysterical women or at least we fall like i yes you know yes, I was gonna i'm gonna say reclaim this term hysterical oh i'm into that there's a podcast i really like called hysterical mm-hmm. uh and that's basically like the concept of it we're setting up our series on women and the medical community and medicine in general listen it's gonna be great it's gonna be fun it's gonna be a f- facts facts podcast facts podcast always coming at you with those goddamn fucking facts yeah. let's all be smarts together we're gonna do our best we're gonna do our best but really i think kind of the foundation for the way that medicine treats women sort of starts 
with broadly hysteria. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree. So, um, Lena, what, what, how, how would you define hysteria, hystericalness? Well, I, I really wish you could see, like, the whole physicality that's going with this sentence. Um... (laughs) Well, I am not the historian of the two of us, so I, I maybe don't have the, like, definition, definition. But when I get called hysterical, it makes me it feel like I am being, the implication is that I am being too emotional. Mm-hmm. That I am no longer considering, considering like, reason or I, I'm being irrational. That I'm letting my, and, and specifically because I am a woman or because I fall into that category. It has an actual medical definition, mm-hmm. which sometimes does feel weird. It is a word that is so ingrained in just our casual speak. It is. That we don't always think about the fact that it is sort of attached to this whole like medical well it's, history. it started as like what it, it was like an illness right it yeah. was considered like a yeah, disease exactly whose symptoms include uh selective amnesia which sounds stressful yeah also maybe that's what's happening and was it the born jason born doesn't he forget <laughs> shit maybe he's hysterical I don't- Maybe that's what's happening. Should raise that with the I writers will. of those films. Surprise, it's not the government, it's hysteria. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> um, uh, shallow, volatile emotions that's and overdramatic or attention-seeking behavior and various urges of the sexual variety. That's my favorite. Bow, chicka, bow, wow. Just sounds like my life. Hysterical. <laughs> Wait, last episode we were talking about dirty talk. That's true. We've also done away with the noise machine, and now Sophia's just making know, our own like sound effects. Hard. It's too but it's hard. okay. You're making our yeah, own. You're making our own. It's more authentic this way, yeah, I think. Absolutely. Um, I'll figure out how to work in the noises some other time. I'm we not have good enough at our technology. Own sound making devices. Are but mine. yeah, so even that definition, which should be kind of free of judgment is yeah. clearly not i mean shallow volatile emotions over dramatic or attention seeking behavior like there's judgment in there and the word hysterical the the sort of root of it comes from the latin uh hystericus uh which means of the womb or the greek hystera which is just womb so clearly uh this there there's some uh some intention behind this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is uh, not a partisan diagnosis. No. It's got a clear bias. I mean, what medicine is. <laughs> We've clearly decided who is having these shallow and overdramatic attention-seeking emotions. Yeah, truly. Um, that's fine, though. Um, also, until 1980, this was formally studied as a psychological disorder. 1980. Yeah. 1980. Yeah. I mean, I guess... That makes sense, but also, how sad. Well, it's like one of those things where you're like, I can't believe it, but also I can extremely believe it. Yeah, yeah, precisely. All right, let's start at the beginning. The beginning of time. Let's start with the dinosaurs. (laughs) Please try again. I don't know what is not hilarious about picturing dinosaurs sitting in a waiting room. Big old brontosaurus neck hitting everything. Yeah, And then they're like, tell me about your childhood. And the dinosaur is like... Have you ever seen the movie Land Before Before Time? Time? Littlefoot. Or Jurassic Park? Those are drastically different examples (laughs) of dinosaurs. (laughs) Yeah, well, people have different experiences, so do dinosaurs. Don't put them in a box. Sophia, tell me about the Greeks. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to take... I'm going to make an executive decision. (laughs) You don't like this digression? You don't think it's helpful to the podcast? You don't think they want to hear about the psychological state of dinosaurs? I don't think... Tell me about the Greeks, (laughs) goddammit! Okay, let's talk about the Greeks. So, there's a common misconception that the Greeks are the ones who come up with the medical diagnosis of hysteria, which is not really true. And a lot of the times hysteria is uh, credited to Hippocrates, who is also known as the father of medicine. Um, and he's an ancient Greek physician, born around 460 BC, so he's hella old, and, uh, he has 10 out of 10 Yelp reviews from Plato and Aristotle. Uh, real, I wouldn't trust those motherfuckers. Real great guy. <laughs> With anything. <laughs> You're not swiping right, eh? No. no. 
Plato comes up, you're like, fuck that fuck guy. Fuck that guy. <laughs> fuck Aristotle. Fuck Aristotle. Their <laughs> forms. Yeah. But no. Uh, sadly, Hippocrates did not uh, invent hysteria. What the Greeks do talk about, and this is where the confusion comes from, is uh, hysterical suffocation. <laughs> Sounds like a great time. Uh, so there's a couple sort of theories on this. The one in the Hippocrates corpus, which is like uh, Hippocrates's um, unofficial biography, which potentially he never wrote or read or had anything Highly to do with. He had nothing to do with it. But it's named after him, yeah. so That's whatever. That's how the Greeks like to do it. It's how the Greeks like to do it. Uh, just attributing things to people willy nilly. No, literally. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. They don't give a shit. No. no one's making money off of this. No. They're Greek. No. So, in that body of work, um, hysterical suffocation is described as a condition that occurs when the womb slash uterus migrates around the female body, uh, placing pressure on other organs um, and causing a number of uh, side effects. Yeah. Just picture this. <laughs> Your uterus just uh, decides to take a little uh, walk, a little promenade around your body. The promenade little, around your body. The promenade. Your uterus is like, mm, I'm gonna go see how my lungs are doing. And you're like, oh, don't do that. And it's like, nah, I wanna say hello to my buddies. Get back down there. Yeah, exactly. That's fucked up. (laughs) What a weird, weird concept. And why does this happen, you may ask? Well, it happens because the womb is not being irrigated by sex. Uh, Turns out, dicks, very heavy. They weigh that womb right down way down <laughs> so it can't wander around can't wander around it's like uh i just ate a whole dick i'm too heavy can't wander that seems like exactly how that works <laughs> i got a dick hangover i gotta just lay in bed today yeah that's can't go can't go exploring that seems oh my god <laughs> jesus christ this is facts people i mean they it did is. think it was facts they and did. that's what is so insane it is crazy this is why like we wonder <laughs> why everything is so heteronormative and like cis-centered this okay. is why <laughs> yeah uh it gets better though um the uterus <laughs> is coaxed back into place by placing good smells near the vagina bad smells near the mouth and sneezing that makes me like laugh so hard i just love this i love this concept of the womb as like a pet What's well, like your personification training. of like, your body parts? <laughs> You're like, come here, little womb. I have a treat for you. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of interesting. Like, and there's obviously there's no like, I, I was not around in ancient Greece, so I, I can't tell you what, what? These people were thinking. I thought you were. Yeah. So thought- same, same. But, um, but there is something interesting about like, so it's no longer just a, it takes taking away that like, um, cold hard facts part of science where it's like it's no longer just a body part now it has like feelings and emotions the same way like women have feelings and, and emotions. emotions yeah that's like a little interesting yeah another important thing to note is that at this time they're not cutting bodies open yeah because of religious things blah 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 like it's considered not a good time so you can only imagine what it's like doing medicine when you like are not no that when there isn't like dissection the way that we have but when you can't autopsies yeah you uh, can't see <laughs> autopsies <laughs> that's how it is operative topsies yeah that's it uh but you know what i'm saying yeah so for they're sure. like just like you know this feels right yeah this right. seems emotionally correct this seems emotionally correct uh, anyways, that may or may not have been Hippocrates, Hippocrates, oh, Jesus Christ. Hippocrates. Hippocrates. But it was some Greek person. Some Greek people's mans were yeah. like this. And then Galen comes along, who's a, another ancient Greek philosophy medicine man dude, and he's like, nope, nope, this seems, this seems wacko, guys. The uterus is not wandering around the body, which, you know, you gotta hand it to him. True. Yeah. True, it is not. Uh, he says, no, no, no. What is actually happening here is that the retention of the female seed within the womb is to blame for all of these problems. And by problems, I mean anxiety, insomnia, depression, irritability, fainting, and, uh, just other symptoms women experience. <laughs> yeah, probably just read as being a person, not even just, like, a human being. So it's basically, like, the retention of menstrual blood is blamed for everything 
Uh, which I guess if you are retaining blood in your uterus probably isn't good. Maybe you should get that checked out, but not by Galen or Hippocrates. No. <laughs> so go, go someone else. Yeah. Go to the walk-in clinic. <laughs> not these guys. The, the prescribed um, uh, medicine for this condition is um, marriage and regular sexual intercourse. Yeah. Uh, which is hilarious for so many reasons for so many reasons basically all these men are just like yeah you just gotta get fucked man yeah just gotta just gotta get pounded pounded right out yeah and that'll solve all your women problems yeah which is you know that's medicine for you (laughs) (laughs) some kind of medicine but basically like really at this point in time like medical techs anytime they're faced with any kind of woman issue they're just like it's the uterus and the woman comes in she's like hey my hands bleeding they're like uterus that's what's doing it which is not dissimilar from what they do now, now which is like oh yeah. it's your probably it's your just your period and you're like i think something else is going wrong and they're like no no, no i just think it's your period and yep. you're like i okay and we will talk about that next episode See, we're, we're laying the foundation. We're laying the foundation. So, so professional. There's a real progression, a, right. a, an arc. All right, tell me, tell me more. Um, okay, one last interesting fact about the Greeks and their weird conceptions of the womb slash uterus slash this whole hysterical suffocation business is that if you could not get married um, and therefore have sex, because obviously no one's having sex when they're not married, especially not the Greeks. Everyone knows they're very conservative. Yeah. So conservative. This is a joke. I don't know how much you know about Greeks. They have sex a lot. <laughs> With everyone. With everyone. I digress. But if you could not, for whatever reason, get laid or get yourself um, a man, uh, midwives were occasionally employed to manually stimulate the genitals and release the offending liquids via orgasm. This concept will come back into play later on. Take notes. Uh, yeah, that's basically all I have to say about the Greeks. So get get banged or get someone to finger you. Uh, release those liquids, liquids so your uterus isn't retaining blood or wandering around your body. This is medicine in ancient Greek for the women's. And this is what will eventually develop into hysteria. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about the Vickies. The Victorians. <laughs> They're always a fun, repressive time. Aren't, aren't they, though? Yes. Aren't they? Truly. So, you know, you've got suffocating uh, womb syndrome. You've got um, other kind of names come up around this idea that the uterus is the cause of all women problems uh they're called vapors it's called the fits of the mother but it's not until 1880 that we get the classification of hysteria and basically this they're just like okay it's too many words can't remember all these words Uh, we just need one word and they're like hysteria hysteria all of the problems women ever have just put them in this box this Mm -hmm. hysteria box and then don't look at the box we don't want the box no just tell them to go drink some water or something. Yeah. We don't know. Can just go suck a dick. <laughs> it's fine. Suck my dick. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's fine. It's I fine. wish I had control of the sound effects. <laughs> I know. You could have control of the sound effects. Uh, this is besides the point. Let's yeah. continue, shall we? Um, so we get the term hysteria from a Frenchman. Are you shocked? I'm not shocked. What? I thought you'd be, I thought you'd be shocked. No. Oh. Well, his name is Jean-Martin Charcot. Charcot? Who knows? And, uh, he's a professor man and he lectures to students about this idea that, um, there's this thing and it's called hysteria and he believes it's caused by an unknown internal injury that affects the nervous system. Mm -hmm. So important thing to note here is that at this point, all of these um weird women illnesses attached to your womb they're all very like physical ailments yeah but surprise he has a student in his class just one student (laughs) a single one (laughs) and uh can you guess uh you guess the name of the student oh would it be perhaps un sigmund freud 
would be Sigmund Freud. <laughs> that that guy. Truly that motherfucker. That that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, truly. Oh man, oh Freud. So Freud's sitting here and he's like, no, 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 no. This is not an internal injury. I know. I know what this is. So Freud believes that hysteria, and this will shock everyone, <laughs> hysteria is what happens when a woman comes to terms with the trauma she uh, is experiencing because she doesn't have a dick. Yeah. Yeah, she is castrated by nature and does not have a penis, and this this causes the, every one of her problems. Yeah. All of her problems. She is... Uh, scarred traumatized and has been repressing this and it just comes out in hysterical outbursts seems so exhausting <laughs> right doesn't it like Freud just like seems like one like i'll need to like if i if i like traveled back in time which already is a stretch but whatever so i traveled back in time i meet Freud. i just feel like i would need to nap for the rest of my life <laughs> just like i you've just you've taken just, everything out how of do you me. even argue with that concept you don't like you're like i don't know how you got here i don't no. know what this is but what's is. interesting is how willing people were to take it as like you're like well, that's because men think that their penises are the center of the universe it's true and they're like that makes sense i would also be traumatized if i found out i did not have my dick anymore and you're like okay this is also this is kind of related but I, when i was thinking of this i went for a run today and i was like thinking about this because we were doing this episode yep, yep. Um, it, it's, it is interesting the way that, like, everything is sort of, like, set up to attach genitalia so specifically with gender. Like, the mm-hmm. idea that, like, um, what makes you a man is your penis and yeah. what makes you a woman is the it's lack thereof. And, yeah. and it's just, like, while we're talking about women in medicine, I think it's important to acknowledge that the way that the... Because it's, it's like trans and non-binary people didn't just start existing when we had the language for yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah. they've always existed. But because of the way that these things are talked about and set up in the medical field, it, it, it just has to be impossible to... As hard as it is for, like, you and me to go into a doctor's office, it must be impossible to go in when, like, this whole community, like, denies your, like, existence in the world because it's been set up in this way that, like, ties everything about genitalia to a specific gender like I was just thinking about it and I was like oh like god like it it," and I you know a part of it is my privilege as like a a cis woman is that it just it it didn't quite hit me how hard that must be because even now that we have the language and people are becoming more open there is still something that is just so ingrained in sort of the most structural parts of our society that just deny that you exist entirely well and call it fact yeah they're like no this is just fact though like, it's just fact. Yeah. That that when you have a dick, these things are true. And when yeah. you have a uterus, these, these things, things are, are true. true. And yeah. then, as we've talked about, like, in instances before, it turns out that, uh, oh, maybe that's actually not a fact. Like, maybe no. that's actually not science. And your bias was informing the way that you viewed e- even things like anatomy. Yeah, absolutely. But I was just, all of this, like, really hit it home for me in such a visceral way. Like, thinking about, like... It's just it becomes so hard to disentangle in the mind of Freud or, like, yes. in the mind of, like, all these doctors who are sort of just attaching, like, are essentially, like, creating an idea of, quote-unquote, womanhood and then yes. attaching it to yes. your genitalia or, like, your reproductive yes. organs. That was a tangent, but... But still, I, yeah. so, yeah, hysteria... Women are hysterical because they uh, cannot, cannot deal with the fact that they've lost their metaphorical penises... But really, his solution to this problem is the same as everyone who came before him. He's like, get married, have sex. Um, and this is going to help you, not because it's going to weigh down your uterus or because it's going to expel all those fluids. This is going to help you because uh, you're going to regain your lost penis because you'll marry one. Or maybe you'll get pregnant with uh, one and you'll give birth to it. Oh, man. Great. Love it. But, surprise, throwback... Um, if marriage isn't an option, the second recommended treatment is a uterine massage. Mm -hmm. Now, this is an important difference from before where the Greeks are pretty open about the fact that these women are just getting finger banged by these midwives. Yeah. Uh, this is, this is not that. This is a uterine massage. Yeah. Okay, Melina? Okay. Don't get any ideas. I mean... 
I mean. Uterine massage. Got it. So not sexual. Got it. Not a single, not, not related, not even a little bit. Got it. Okay. Okay. I just feel like I see some, like, sexual inferences in your face right now. I mean, I can't help there that. There aren't I any, have a sexy okay? Face. The I Vickies, can't, can't they don't you. have sex. Okay. They don't. All right. They have uterine massages. They have ankles. They have ankles. <laughs> and that is it. That's it. Nothing else. And that's too much. That's too much. To be I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I can't even believe I just said that. I, they don't even I'm have ankles. I'm actually a little bit scandalized Oh, right God. Now. God, God. So there's these uterine massages. Um, and they quickly become the norm for treating everything in women from, uh, hysteria to, um, nymphomania, which is funny. Uh, let me just treat your nymphomania with, uh, some fingering. Yeah. But not. It's a uterine massage. Right, right, right. I, my bad. My bad. So this form of therapy is invented. Yeah. By a, um, by a man, dude, who's... Name is... Sounds like Thoroughbred. That's all I remember. Thoroughbred. Yeah, sounds like a fucking horse. He is a Swedish army major. Or a racehorse, who knows. Decides to take credit for inventing female masturbation. Yeah, or clitoral masturbation. Essentially. Which is cool. Yeah. Well, the French do this too, right? There's that guy who was like, hydrotherapy. And then it's really just, like, women masturbating with uh, water, like, with, like, running water. And he's like, I invented this hydrotherapy. And you're like, nah, nah, Navi. Did you? <laughs> no, no, no. Like, nah. literally anything. Like, men will just lay claim to literally anything they get yeah. their hands on. That's true. You make them a sandwich, they're like, this sandwich. I, I, I invented it. I invented it. And you're like, you did, on so many levels, this is not correct. Your sandwich. And they're like, no, no. I'm just gonna start saying that to men now. It's not your sandwich, buddy. That's not, not your, your fucking sandwich. It's like walking down the street yeah. and the sandwich is like, it's not but your, your fucking sandwich. sandwich, okay? So we should do a little hashtag stuff now. Not hashtag your, not, not your, your sandwich. sandwich. Yes, okay. Uh, Tell me more. I love it. So he opens several clinics for these uh, uterine massages and uh, they're remarkably successful. Mm. Can't imagine why. Um, he employs five med students, ten female physical therapists, and um, has doctors from all over the globe coming down to learn this amazing new technique that he's invented. Yeah, it's it's a pop in place. Uh, everyone's everyone's just going down to get those uterine massages, and you would have to perform the massage until what they refer to as proximal convulsion is achieved. Hmm. Could it be possibly? I don't, I don't know if I can handle what's going to come out of your, not even ankles. Not even ankles. Not even ankles. Could it possibly be that they were referring to an orgasm? What? No. This is a medical procedure. Right. How dare you sully I... the name of thoroughbred <laughs> with your sexual insinuations. I told you to get your mind out of the fucking Victorian gutter. I'll try. Oh, God, their gutters must have been gross as shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people are just throwing their literal shit out the window. Yeah, so also, like... Going for a walk in the street is not a nice no, time. anyway. We digress again. But, you know, these are the facts. Yeah. Um, so these uh, sessions are considered long and physically exhausting. For the doctors. For the doctors. Wah, wah, wah. What's new? <laughs> Men and their complaining. <laughs> uh, it takes so long for you to reach proximal convulsion. <laughs> My hand hurts. <sighs> Shut up, Jimmy. Um, so as a result, they, uh, they start using some stimulation devices. Do you know, can't, wonder what those look like. You know, I've been wrong every other time, yeah. so I don't yeah. even know if it's worth me saying, but a vibrator? What? Ugh. A vibrator. Scandalous again. Yes. Oh my gosh. Not even ankles. Not even ankles. It's <laughs> another one of our new <laughs> hashtag. Not, not even, even ankles. ankles. Hashtag not your sandwich. Yeah, basically vibrators, dildos, because uh, these mans, uh, back in the day, even when their doctor is not so good at this finger-banging <laughs> business, uh, so they bring in um, these other devices, um, but still refuse. Like, the whole time, 
these doctors are adamant that there is nothing sexual about these treatments. Um, in fact, they're so afraid that people are going to attach uh, sexual uh, connotations to this that they sometimes suggest hurting their female patients. And you wonder why there's so much shame and stigma around masturbation and female sexuality. Yeah. Like, this is fucking why, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and most of the times, the things that they're trying to fix in these female patients would not have been considered problems if in they men, presented yeah, in men. Of course not. Uh, so, like, you are literally telling women, A, that their sexual desires are an ailment. Yeah. Um, also that they don't exist. Yeah. Um, also that their body is uh, weaker. Like, yeah. it is really serving that male narrative. Like, yeah. the, the medicine... The, the medical understanding of the female anatomy is really pushing all of those yeah. negative understandings of uh, women. Yeah, and sexuality in general. Like, it's just, like, the way... It's yeah. no good. It's bad it's news. It's no bears. good. Um, and, you know, eventually we figure out that, uh, surprise, like, every problem women have is not the result of, like, the womb... Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. But, you know, like we said, a lot of this came from this idea that women are supposed to be submissive and even-tempered and sexually inhibited, and so if they vary from that at all, that's, you've got a problem. Yeah. Uh, uh, this needs to be fixed. Oh, God. And you wonder, like... like and it needs how, to be fixed by a man. Yeah, yeah, of course. And then you wonder, like, how we end up where we are today. And you'll when we talk about it in the next episode, you'll see, like, so much of the framework of this, like, carries... Although we... Obviously, like, hysteria doesn't exist in, like, the DSM anymore. We're not mm -hmm. diagnosing people with it. But we were until 1980. But we were until... Which is not which is far too close to... Right. For, like, my... But it does set up a framework where... Um, People who are, are like, not it's women, but also, I think, trans people and non-binary people and people who aren't essentially men um, are put in this position where every ailment or every issue that they have is seen as um, feeble or seen as, like, illegitimate. Or relating back to that part of them that varies from the quote-unquote quote, norm. norm yeah absolutely absolutely and they and they and you know it's just like it's not it's not taken quite so seriously yeah okay because another incredible facet of this to me is that there emerges a kind of uh aesthetic around hysteria mm -hmm. which you pointed out is a lot like the modern phenomena of, of the manic pixie dream girl it's yeah. also it's i mean it's not just that it's also i mean and well like intro we'll talk about it we'll talk about it <laughs> we'll talk about i just it. like I, I the more i think about it since you brought it up like the more i saw it yeah yeah no you made like an excellent point so what happens back in the day is that uh, the um, ailment of hysteria becomes very attached to the figure of Ophelia from Shakespeare's Hamlet. I don't have time to explain Hamlet to you if you don't know the play. Uh, go read it. D watch it. I don't know how to help Cliff's you. notes. Just it's, something. It's around. But basically, to real summarize, uh, Hamlet and Ophelia, they maybe are dating who knows and then he's a dick to her and uh, murders her dad and she loses her mind and jumps in a river and drowns herself mm -hmm. it's a very light-hearted <laughs> romantic <Upbeat>. comedy <laughs> but so like for the elizabethans which is when the play comes out hamlet is the prototype of male melancholy which is obviously associated with uh intellectual and imaginative genius yeah and uh ophelia is um associated with love madness which is a biological and emotional mm. um oh. problem caused by unrequited love and repressed sexual desire love it and this this is kind of big uh during that time as well but it really continues into the victorian age which is several hundred years later 
and and the the superintendents of like Victorian asylums uh, used to use the the prototype of the character Ophelia to diagnose pace, patients, mm-hmm. which is wild. Yeah, it is. Wild. Like they're using this character to be like, yep, that woman, that woman looks like Ophelia, and it really does start to come down to, and I'm gonna get more into this in, like, a second, but, like, the physical appearance, they're like, that looks like an Ophelia. Yeah. As Dr. John Charles Bucknell, president of the Medico-Psychological Association, wrote in 1859, every mental physician of moderately extensive experience must have seen many Ophelias. Hmm. And this idea becomes very pervasive in in medicine. This is how we're diagnosing things based on this this character. And so they actually dress up the women in these insane asylums to look like Ophelia. Yeah. And then they take pictures of them. Yeah. And you're like, okay. It's uh, so horrifying. Like, it's, it's, that is crazy. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. I, I don't know about the women in these institutions, but the, the men who are (laughs) dressing them up to look like Ophelia and then taking pictures of them, those people are crazy. (laughs) Like, what, what, what are you doing? Yeah. But they're, they're literally like, look, we know she's crazy because, uh, look at the way she looks. Yeah, no, it's... Um, and you're like, well, how do you know how a fictional character looks? Great question. <laughs> so there's this artistic movement, it's, that happens around this time, uh, they're called the Pre-Raphaelites, um, and they're obsessed with Ophelia. And for the most part, she looks the same in every picture. It's a slightly disheveled ro- woman around water. Uh, with a white dress and flowers, and the white dress is virginity, and it's always kind of, like, slipping off her or whatever, and the flowers are deflowering, right? It's all very attached. Like, women's instability is all so attached to sex, to virginity, to purity, and purity, blah, blah, blah. I mean, we see that with the whole solution to hysteria being, like, you gotta get into a marriage and, uh, and get banged, and, like, we see it here, um, and you've definitely seen one of the, the most famous paintings of Ophelia. It's by John Everett Millais. Uh, it's done in the 1850s, and it's that picture. You look it up, but it's like Ophelia in the water. She's drowning. It's yeah. real pretty. I love it. But, like, they use that as the template for what crazy women look like. And so to prove that these women in this asylum are crazy, they literally dress them up to match that painting. Yeah. Well, that's, like, well, that's what, when you said that, like, that's what struck me. So, like, there's a couple of shows where, like, Psych is the one that I remember immediately, but I know what happens in other shows where, like, there's a woman in a, in Psych it was specifically, like, she was a ghost, um, but she was a woman in a mental institution who, like, killed herself Mm -hmm. and she died in. The images of her you see, she's wearing, like, a white dress and she's very wispy and she has, like, wispy hair and there is that, like, fragility to her where things are just, like, like she's like a little bird and things yeah. are just, like, falling off her shoulders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And that image, like, you see all the time of, like, women who are supposed to be... It's always the white dress. Like, that really struck me. Like, I've seen that image so many times of women who are supposed to be institutionalized. Yeah. And that... There's something about that that so caters to the male gaze in the same way that the manic pixie dream girl does, right? And I I feel so bad because I don't actually hate John Green, but he just um, writes this trope so prominently in almost every book he writes and so looking for alaska is like to me the epitome of that manic pixie dream girl which is like a a girl who has a mental illness yeah but that is romanticized and that is like that's what makes her interesting and like specifically for the male characters yes yes and he wants to chase her and flowers it's interesting that is another huge point of imagery for this manic pixie dream girl that doesn't just come up in john green books it comes up which is another book i love going bovine but she is a literal pixie and she's a literal (laughs) figment of his imagination he literally creates her but like 
it's like the, that like flowers and that like it's like so this imagery persists it's so pervasive but this idea that like we're like oh these women are sick but they're still like you're like male gaze like yeah. sexualizing like these images of ophelia are are a sensuous yeah if not sexual sensuous yeah sure um and then you have these doctors in these psych wards taking these photos yeah. of these women and it is like male gazy exploitative yeah it's strange also just like a fun fact about this iconic um painting of ophelia that sort of sets off this trend um the model that john everett uses for ophelia her name is elizabeth siddle and she uh, suffered what they call uh, fleshly mortifications while sitting for the picture. I don't know what that means. Oh, no. Doesn't sound nice. No. Um, and then also at one point, she's forced to lie in a bath of water that's heated, heated by oil lamps um, for hours. And she ends oh up getting God. so sick that her father tries to sue the painter. Oh, my God. And I just think that, like, it's playing into this narrative that is negatively affecting women. And then, like, also he's very personally negatively affecting yeah, a woman yeah you're just like of course of course and the fact that the medical community but like society at large really latches on to like ophelia of all characters is in itself uh pretty damning because like of all of shakespeare's tragedies hamlet is the one with the most uh misogyny uh and disgust with female sexuality Obviously, those things appear in other Shakespeare plays, though, you know, there's arguments to be made that, that Shakespeare writes a lot of strong uh, female narratives as well, and he does. Um, but, like, in Hamlet, the hatred for women is, it's strong. It's just <laughs> it so is, overt. It is so overt. So that that's the mascot for hysteria is yeah. telling as heck. Um, in other Shakespeare plays, usually you see the progression, which it doesn't make it better, but you see, like, oh, this character does this, and that's why the male hero says the misogynistic thing that he mm -hmm. says. Uh, still trash, but, but there's reasoning behind it. In Hamlet, like, the opening speech, he is just, like, tearing his mother apart, calls her a beast, and there's also a great speech in there, um you know, where he goes off on Ophelia and and he says, you know, if thou dost marry, I'll give ye thee this plague for thy dowry. Be thou as chaste as ice, as pure as snow. Thou shalt not escape calumny. Get thee to a nunnery. Go, farewell. Or if thou needs marry, marry a fool. For wise men know well what monsters you make of them. Like, basically, like, whatever you do, you're tainted. Yeah. And you will taint whoever you're with, um, you know, and be, be chaste, like be virginal, like shut yourself away. Mm -hmm. Like sexuality is bad. Women are, are bad. Um, it's also like, this is, and this is a tangent, so I won't go too far into it, but this kind of sets up the way that even in narratives that we consider to be progressive today, the way that. Um, women are supposed to serve men and that once women stop serving men then they become invaluable or yeah. like un in, in they, they become dispensable that's the word like it just made me think of like <laughs> and we don't have time to do this whole thing but if that that 13 reasons why thing where it's like um I get to be mad at you when you no longer serve my narrative of you. Then I yes. get to tell yes. you that you are you are useless to me. And I think that that when you combine that when you institutionalize that into like the entire medical industrial complex, you essentially just like damn women for all time. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's this great great quote from Linda uh, Bamber. I don't know if that's how you pronounce her last name. I believe right. she is a professor, but she says uh, in one of her papers, uh, misogyny is a version of the anger the hero directs towards the other, capital O, for destroying his old self-centered world. Yeah. Hamlet, like other heroes, rages against women when he loses his place in the sun. Yeah, literally, exactly. Yeah, which is exactly what you're saying. Yeah, like almost exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. And then that that is a narrative that is adopted 
you know, by, that is attached to, to the psychological diagnosis of women. It's <laughs> like, no wonder. No, it's so harmful. But you know, ultimately, I think maybe Ophelia, uh, is the perfect choice to represent hysteria because if anything is driving women crazy, it's not their wombs, it's men. <laughs> you know? Yeah. At the end of the day, it's Hamlet. Not your sandwich, man! Not, not your, your sandwich! So that's, that's hysteria for you. Not, not great. No, not good at all. Um, not good at all. And as we've already alluded to, still has a big impact on our conceptions of of women. So uh, we hope you uh, enjoyed that. You, we went on a wild, wild ride. We traveled through time. We talked about art. We talked about art. Theater. Theater. We did a lot. We did a lot. Freud, we, went, we went all over the place. Covered all the bases. Covered all the bases. Every base. Came up with some great uh, hashtags. hashtags. Yeah. Hashtag not, not your, your sandwich. sandwich. Hashtag, what is it, not even ankles? Not even ankles. Not even ankles. Yeah. I hope that you feel um, feel more knowledgeable now. Yeah. And uh, we'll catch you in two weeks. Yeah, we will catch you in two weeks. We'll be out uh, not next Saturday, but the Saturday after Turn. that. Yep. Tune, tune in to us like we're a 90s sitcom truly we are we truly truly we are follow us on instagram we're great okay okay bye if you've made it all the way to the end we thank you we pity you but also we thank you you can find us on all kinds of socials we don't know how to use uh we're aqua rocco a-w-k-o-r-o-c-o on twitter and aqua Rocco on instagram if you have topics ideas questions compliments you can email us at aqua at gmail.com we do not accept complaints um if you like what we do and you want us to do it better you can support us on patreon we'll leave a link in the show notes big thanks to nathan for our intro music and callum for our beautiful icon art we'll link his instagram in the show notes as well he does real good art please check it out that's all she wrote folks see you next week <laughs>